Hi, everyone, and welcome to Murder and Merlot. We are a true crime book club podcast. I'm your host, Tara. And I'm your host, Michelle. How's it going, Michelle? It's going pretty good today. Excited to talk about the notorious D.I.G.? Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls. It's going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for your take on things because I get pretty lost in this case. There's a lot to unpack. It is way more than I initially realized, and I knew a lot about this case going in. Yeah. It's very so, surprising. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you all about it, I guess. <laughs> I can't wait. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about some current events. Michelle has an yes. update for us. Yeah. So if you remember in one of our recent morning news, I talked about five children that went missing in Albuquerque. Um, they were found safe and they were at a family friend's home. Um, they were healthy and they were taken care of and police are investigating the children's reasons for leaving, but that's all we know at this point. But they are safe. Five little tiny humans, all good. Thank goodness. That is not what I thought was going to happen. No, me neither. I thought it was going to be really ugly and I yeah. didn't want to look for an update, but I'm really I happy I did. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I mean, we see so much true crime things and we always see the worst of the worst. So you just right? kind of worst expect scenario. It. Yeah. In that situation, it all was just like, ooh, red flag, red flag, red flag. So oh, yeah. very surprised, but very happy. Yeah. I'm very, very happy. Yeah. That's good. As long as they're safe. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. So that's a great update. Usually I feel like our updates aren't that happy. So I know. Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And today we're a little bit off because we're recording on a Saturday. Yeah. It's weird. It's very strange. We usually record on Sundays. Mm-hmm. But guys, I have a photo shoot tomorrow what? with my best friends. <laughs> oh, it's that's tomorrow. I'm so jealous. I want to do this best friend photo shoot. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, hint, bestie, we should do this. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. I would recommend it to everybody. I mean, I guess it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it's going to go terribly. <laughs> we'll see. Where are you doing it? Like, are you doing it outside or? Yes. Yeah. Burr. At my friend's <laughs> farm. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit chilly because it's snowing and blowing here. For the last hey, couple it's days. The Murder and Merlot weather update. Oh, they're in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it's snowing now. We have to update the people about the snow. Well, yeah, if you don't know it's snowing, it's friggin' snowing, people. Right? <laughs> as soon as it starts snowing, everybody gets out their Snapchat and their Facebook and their Instagram and alert all the people that already know that it's snowing. So. I have one girlfriend in Edmonton and she loves winter. Like she's Mm. broken. She loves the cold. She loves like she's Elsa. Can't relate. Yeah, no. And she's like, she posted on her, on her Facebook yesterday. She was like, I'm a little pissed off. We got forecasted snow and we didn't get any. And I was like, dude, no. What is wrong with you? (laughs) Right? We get like seven months of it. (laughs) Like, do we need an extra couple days? Really? Yeah, no. Not needed. I think we'll be fine. I mean, we've had a very, very nice fall so far, so we really can't complain. But yeah, I can because I'm cold. Oh, yeah. I don't like it. I know. People always say, well, yeah, you live in Canada. It's going to be cold. Why do you complain? It's because I hate it. It doesn't matter. Like I would so much rather be hot. You know, the days that we were like, it's like 9 million degrees in this closet that I'm recording in. Take me back. Absolutely. 
I I'd would, back. I never complain about hot summer days because I know, I know what the minus 40 feels like and I'm not and okay. Get like six of them. Yes. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> can do without. But that being said, it's so funny. I was thinking today because I went hunting this afternoon, which is like my favorite thing in the whole world. And it's, I hate winter so much. I hate the cold. I hate the snow. I hate the wind. But then when it's a cold, snowy, windy day, I'm like, oh, it's a great day for hunting. And I just walked exactly. like five miles trucking through the snow. Like I'm going to go get them deer. And I'm it totally happy. And my husband is just grinning from ear to ear. He's like, yeah, yeah, they're on, on November. <laughs> yeah. So I was super happy. I was in like 10 layers of clothing, could hardly like move my body, but I'm like, I'm going, I'm going to do it. This is happening. Yeah. The only time that I will tolerate the cold is then. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. have to assume that you did not get a deer because you're recording tonight. So no, but I was close. Actually, I saw one buck at a hundred yards and another one at like 40 yards, but I was nice. not on the right side of them with the wind. So I had to get around and I was not quick enough. Ah, darn. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. But it was actually best night so far. Very happy. Awesome. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> anyways, that's a different kind of murder. <laughs> that's not the murder we talk about on the show. <laughs> that's like the meat is murder. Kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That whole right, right. thing. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yes. I'm the worst. Yeah. Mm. Come at me. Whatever. Come at me. You're not going to change my mind. Nope. Um, we had very few responses to our fluff and stuff question, which was making me laugh because apparently what does happen in Vegas just stays in Vegas. Right? Everybody's like, nope, I'm keeping my nope. secrets. Nope. Got a couple of little smirks like, yep, I've been there, but I ain't telling you what happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the only people I heard from was from my friend group aka the girlfriend squad, aka female fight club. <laughs> um, I love that you call them female fight club. Oh yeah, it's because we fantastic. It's because we fight. <laughs> <laughs> we wrestle. Uh, but anyways, Raina was pretty salty about the whole question and said, No, you bitches went without me and won't take me. So she was not thrilled that you brought up the subject, Michelle. Oh, well, Raina, <laughs> I'll go to Vegas with you. I mean, I won't go with my husband, but I'll go with you. I don't know you. I'm I sure mean, we'll have a good time. Oh, yeah. I mean, we keep planning on going, but then things like COVID happen. So, Ugh, sorry. COVID. I didn't plan COVID just so <laughs> we wouldn't go to Vegas together, Raina. <laughs> new conspiracy theory. Oh, but it's because of Tara. Yeah, I just so didn't want to travel to go to Vegas with Raina. <laughs> Damn it. Been exposed. But <laughs> Shannon and Angela obviously said yes to the question as the three of us went to Vegas together. I was kind of hoping they would share their favorite stories, but at the same time, I was worried they were just going to embarrass me. So maybe it's a good thing that they didn't elaborate on what we did in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you don't remember part of it, you know. Yeah. What I don't remember, I don't want anybody else to bring up. It didn't happen. Yeah. I wasn't there. <laughs> exactly. My body so, was there, but my mind was not. So don't tell well, me. Therefore, we go back to what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas and it's all good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what we learned today is that it's true. People don't yep. want to talk about it. <laughs> right? Yes. Excellent. Oh. Well, I think that's all we have for yeah. our intro. So we should get into part two of Labyrinth. 
Yeah. Are you going to do it? Or do you want me to do it? <gasps> Ooh, I want to do it. Okay. okay, friends, grab your glass and get cozy. Let's talk about murder. Tink, tink. <laughs> it's so fun. I know. I love it. Drag out murder. It's the murder. best. <laughs> so today, like I said, we're jumping into part two of Labyrinth, the murders of Tupac and Biggie Smalls, and the corruption of the LAPD. Last time we learned about Suge Knight and Tupac and how Tupac was shot, killed in Vegas after preparing to leave Death Row Records. We're moving to the East Coast now. Mm. Mm -hmm. So Christopher Wallace, who is better known as the Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls, or just plain Biggie, was born May 21st, 1972, at St. Mary's Hospital in Brooklyn, New York. His mother, Valetta Wallace, was a preschool teacher, and his father, Selwyn George Latour, was a welder and a politician. His father left when Wallace was just two, and Valletta worked two jobs to provide for her and her son. Christopher went through school in Brooklyn doing well in English, but started dealing drugs by age 12. He started rapping as a teacher and began performing for people on the street, and eventually hooked up with a few different local groups. He transferred to the George Westinghouse Career and Technical Education High School at his request. He met other future rappers, DMX, Jay-Z, Busta Rhymes there. His mother said he was a good student, but developed a, quote, smart-ass attitude at the new school. He dropped out of school when he was 17 and became more involved in crime. He was arrested in 1989 on weapons charges in Brooklyn and was sentenced to five years probation. In 1990, he was arrested again for violating his parole. A year later, he was caught dealing crack cocaine in North Carolina and spent nine months in jail. Shortly after his release, he made his first demo tape under the name Biggie Smalls and he was promoted by a local DJ. Sean Puffy Combs, who was working for Uptown Records, heard the demo and signed him to Uptown Records. Puffy was later let go from Uptown and started his own record label, Bad Boy Records, and Biggie followed him. He continued dealing drugs and started to gain popularity in the music scene, being featured on multiple artists' albums, reaching number nine on the Billboard chart for a collab with LL Cool J and Busta Rhymes. Sean Puffy Combs learned that Biggie was still dealing drugs and really encouraged him to stop. This was in August of 1994, and this was when things really started to take off for him. He met R&B singer Faith Evans at a photo shoot, and they were married nine days later. Whirlwind yeah. romance, right? Hmm. Wow. I guess when you, when you know, you know. I guess so. <laughs> Why wait around? Just do it now. Right? <laughs> I mean, it didn't end well, but it's fine. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> He released his first solo single, and it reached number 27 on the charts, and his ironically named first album, Ready to Die, was released. It reached certified platinum status, and there was a shift in the music industry from the West Coast rap, which had previously been dominating the charts, to East Coast rap. And Biggie became friends with fellow rapper Tupac Shakur. Tupac was already famous in selling albums, and at a party in Los Angeles, Biggie asked a drug dealer he knew to introduce him to Tupac. Apparently at the party, Tupac walked into the kitchen and started cooking, then served up steaks, french fries, bread, and Kool-Aid, and they just sat there eating, laughing, and talking, and became friends. The two had a strong mutual respect for each other, and Biggie would stay at Tupac's place whenever he was in L.A., and Tupac was always stopping by Biggie's when he was in New York. They would freestyle rap together, and Biggie even asked Tupac to manage him, but Tupac told him that he didn't mix business with friendship, and was even quoted saying, nah, stay with Puff. He will make you a star. It seriously sounds like they had a legit friendship. 
and cared about each other. So it's really sad how it all fell apart and turned so ugly. We know from the last episode that Tupac was shot in Manhattan while on his way up to record with rapper Lil Sean. Biggie was also collaborating with him, and that is why he was in the studio that day. And Tupac, for whatever reason, believed that Biggie and Puffy had something to do with the shooting. I was so confused for a moment because I was like, Tupac got shot in Vegas. And I was like, oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. He's been shot more than once. This is the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, he got shot in Manhattan and he survived. Yes. Then he blamed Biggie. I'm Um, here. I swear I'm present. (laughs) I know what's happening. He was flipping the bird off when he was on the stretcher. and yeah, Yes, all that jazz. So that's kind of where their rivalry began because Tupac truly believed that it was Biggie's fault. Right. Which is really sad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tupac went on to sign onto Death Row Records and him and Suge Knight carried their mutual hatred for bad boy entertainment and the East Coast versus West Coast rap war blew up. Biggie recorded a song called Who Shot Ya? Which Tupac took as confirmation that Biggie was behind his shooting and so in retaliation he recorded a song called hit him up in which tupac claims to have slept with faith evans biggie's wife real mature guys real mature right (laughs) but then tupac was killed in vegas and biggie made statements about ending the feud between coasts he was quoted in an interview saying we two individual people we waged a coastal beef One man against one man made a whole West Coast hate a whole East Coast and vice versa. And that really bugged me out. I've got to be the one to try to flip it because Pac can't be the one to try to squash it because he's gone. And I'm like, hmm, aw, Biggie. (laughs) Like, that's that's really nice. Like, it is nice, but it's too bad that couldn't have been resolved before Tupac got shot. Four people (laughs) Four people got dead. <laughs> got real dead. <laughs> got real dead. <laughs> yeah. There were rumors that Biggie had contracted the hit on Tupac, but nothing ever came of them. Biggie was in New York the night that Tupac was shot. He was recording a song called Nasty Girl. He called his wife, Faith Evans, when he heard about Tupac. He was crying and in shock, she remembers. She had said that he was probably also afraid, given all the hype that their bicoastal beef had brought up. While working on his second album, Life After Death, he was busted for smoking marijuana in public and had his car repossessed, which now, can you even imagine having your car repossessed for smoking marijuana in public? I was just thinking that how strange it is now that it's legal and it's fine and how many people have been put away for this. And now it's just like casual. It's fine. It's like, you're just smoking dope. It's fine. It's fine. You're not doing meth. It's fine. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You do you. Yeah. Super weird. But yeah, he had his car repossessed and he wound up crashing into a guardrail in his rental car, breaking his leg and his friend Lil Cease's jaw. He spent months in in the hospital after the accident, confined to a wheelchair for a long time, and then forced to use a cane and complete physical therapy. And he got the name Biggie for not being a small dude. Like, well, was, I was just thinking that. That would have like, been really a, tough. He was a big dude. And so that's why he, A, needed the wheelchair. And then he had to use a cane to support his weight because he was like, I can't even remember what his, his weight and stuff was. Sorry. But man. Seriously like, though. That and would... like how much harder to heal when you're overweight, like just from mm-hmm. 
working with critters. I know how hard is that. <laughs> I was just thinking that too. We know from animals and dogs and weight loss. And when your dog is fat, he doesn't heal well and it takes longer. So exactly. don't let your dog get fat, please. Right. <laughs> Moral of the story. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the whole time he was hospitalized though, he continued to work on his album. He started out in 1997 with a desire to focus on his peace of mind and his friends and his family. He was letting all of the other messy shit go. He did hire a security detail to be with him, though, while he was out in public because he did still have a lot of fear. He revealed to his close friends that he was always afraid, afraid of having his brains blown out. His album titles referenced death as a way to cope with his fears. He was asked to appear at the Soul Train Awards in L.A. on March 8, 1997. He was nervous about returning to L.A. after Tupac's murder because he felt like he had a target on his back, but he really wanted to present the idea that the war was over. He presented an award to Tony Braxton and then went to the Vibe after party at the Peterson Automotive Museum. I'll do that again. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And then went to the Vibe after party at the Peterson Automotive Museum. At 12.30 a.m., the L.A. Fire Department shut down the party due to overcrowding. Biggie and his crew got into two GMC Suburbans to return to their hotel. At 12.45, the street outside the museum was full of people leaving the party, and Biggie's entourage was stopped at a stoplight about 50 yards from the museum when a black Chevy Impala pulled up alongside the vehicle with Biggie sitting in the passenger seat. The driver of the Impala, an unidentified black man dressed in a blue suit and bow tie, rolled down his window pulled out a 9mm pistol, and fired at Biggie's car. Biggie was hit four times, which was the same as Tupac, interestingly. Ooh. And I don't think you can plan that. Like, if no. You just <laughs> I don't. Into the car, like, I don't think you can plan it. It's just pretty sure weird cosmic thing. Yes, coincidence, you could say. <laughs> and his entourage rushed him to the Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. The appropriate response when someone has been shot in your vehicle Right. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, and it was only about five minutes away. Doctors worked fast and performed an emergency thoracotomy, but despite their best efforts, Christopher Wallace, the notorious B.I.G., was pronounced dead at 1.15 a.m. He was only 24. Hmm. His autopsy was released 15 years after his death, and it revealed that the final shot was the fatal one. It entered through his right hip, struck his colon, liver, heart, and left lung before stopping at his left shoulder. Weird, yeah. I, I guess, because like, it was an Impala shooting into a Suburban. I guess that makes sense. Right. I'm like, that usually is not how it works. <laughs> no, like you, you, like, yeah, I, yeah, totally. I had to wrap my head around it a little bit. Yes. But dang. Dang. I just want to say that I used to drive a GMC Suburban. That was my first vehicle. So <laughs> I felt pretty cool this whole time when they're talking about how all of them were driving Suburbans. I'm like, oh, yeah. I also had a 90. I knew I was a gangster. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And now I drive an Impala. Just saying. Oh. I'm with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's white. It's a white Impala. Don't put that on me. It's true. (laughs) And I would have been very young at this time. (laughs) What? Four? I don't know. What year was it? (laughs) 97. 97. Yes. I was very young. Oh hey, this is Tara, recording in the future. I just wanted to pop in and say, I know it sounds like I don't know how to do simple math. I do know how to do simple math, but I honestly forgot 
what year I was born. And that's why I didn't say how old I would have been. (laughs) And that's really embarrassing. Probably more embarrassing than not being able to do simple math. But yeah, that's the honest truth. Anyways, bye. Anyways, the LAPD started investigations into the murder, but in a month, they hadn't really found out anything of significance. Detective Russell Poole, who was a top homicide detective with an incredible record, was assigned to the case as lead detective. He was very happy to take on this case as he had just recently been lead on the case of two undercover LAPD officers, Kevin Gaines and Frank Liga, who got into a road rage incident that ended up with Frank Liga shooting Kevin Gaines in self-defense. Gaines had been driving aggressively and threatening to shoot Liga. Liga had radioed for assistance, observed that Gaines had a gun in his hand and was preparing to fire, so Liga readied his weapon and ultimately fired first after Gaines pulled his weapon on him. Liga fired two shots, first one missed and the second one connected under his armpit, entering his heart. Gaines pulled into a gas station and stopped. Frank Liga identified himself as LAPD and got the gas station attendants to call 911. Kevin Gaines died from his injuries, and it wasn't until later that Liga was informed that Gaines was also a member of the LAPD. It turned into quite the media circus, with famous LA lawyer Johnny Cochran, one of the men made famous by getting O.J. Simpson acquitted of murder, Mm. getting involved. From all ways you looked at it, it was messy. It was bad enough that it was a white guy that shot a black guy, (laughs) but even worse, a cop shooting a black cop, as the public's memory of the Rodney King incident was very fresh. Detective Poole had no idea how twisty the investigation into Biggie's murder would get, or that this crazy white cop shooting a black cop case would get twisted into it. Sorry, this is where my red strings came out, and I was like, okay, oh yeah, you're here, you're here, all right. So mm-hmm. there's going to be, I tried to simplify it as best as I can, but there is a lot of names in here that it gets all twisty, so I'm going to yeah. do my best. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, remember those two men. Kevin Gaines and Frank Liga. Most of what the LAPD had found out in the months since the shooting was from the 10 men that were part of Biggie's entourage. They had learned that the feeling at the vibe party was mellow, even though on the guest list was Tupac's fiance, Kadada Jones, Biggie's estranged wife, Faith Evans, and Suge Knight's ex-wife, Sharitha. But Suge Knight was in jail, so it seemed overall safer than previous visits to LA had been. But then, of course, Biggie got shot. Mm-hmm. The two men that were in the vehicle with Biggie were able to give a good description of the shooter and created a composite drawing for the LAPD. But besides that, no one that had been at the scene was really keen on talking to the cops. Again, there were hundreds of people at that party, but very few people were willing to be called as witnesses. No one wanted to wind up on Shook Knight's bad side as he was identified as a suspect immediately, which made complete sense that Shook Knight would seek revenge for Tupac's murder, even if he was in jail or make it look like revenge. Mm-hmm. And the media jumped on this retaliation narrative. Unfortunately for Detective Poole, this case was just as messy as his previous case. His first question being, why was major crimes only assigned to this case a month after it happened and not right away? His partner on the case, Fred Miller, didn't communicate with Poole at all and was very lazy when it came to his detective work. Miller was also his partner on the Gaines-Liga case six months prior. And the more Detective Poole dug into the case, the more he was shut down by higher-ranking officers, including the chief of police, Bernard Parks. When Poole discovered, mostly through Kevin Hackey, Tupac's personal security guard who had been fired before the trip to Vegas that wound up being Tupac's last trip anywhere, 
that Death Row Records was hiring off-duty LAPD officers for security detail without permits. He was told to not follow those leads. Leads that showed that members of the LAPD were deep into the perks of being part of the Death Row family and working closely with the Bloods gang, and that they were more corrupt than honest. Detective Poole got a reputation as a troublemaker with every internal lead that he turned up. Internal Affairs just kept covering up his discoveries, and Chief Parks suppressed a 40-page report of Poole's that named names and details of who was present at the Peterson Automotive Museum that night that Biggie was killed. One man, Officer David Mack, was arrested in December of 1997 for robbing the South Central LA branch of the Bank of America for $722,000 and sentenced to 14 years in prison. Another man, Officer Rafael Perez, was involved in numerous crimes and corruption, most notably the shooting and framing of Javier Ovando, an innocent man who Perez shot, paralyzed, and planted a gun on him saying that he shot him in self-defense. Not to mention the theft and resale of at least $800,000 worth of cocaine from the LAPD evidence lockers. Damn. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just, just a smidge. Poole discovered that not only these two men were employed by Death Row Records and were in Shook Knight's close inner circle, but Kevin Gaines was as well. Kevin Gaines, who was shot and killed by Frank Liga. Perez and Mac were believed to be responsible for the shooting of Biggie Smalls, and Gaines has been theorized to be part of the plot of shooting Tupac. Detective Poole retired from the homicide division of the LAPD after being so let down by the internal affairs investigations and the department as a whole, and then having his reputation tarnished for his need to reveal the truth. He did file a lawsuit against the LAPD, and through this and some interviews he did with the media, the corruption happening within the LAPD was revealed. They now call it the Rampart Scandal, and it's one of the biggest cases of documented police corruption in U.S. history. With at least 24, 70 having been implicated, but 24 were proven, police officers most assigned to the anti-gang unit of LAPD's Rampart Division, implicated in some form of misconduct, with offenses such as unprovoked shootings, unprovoked beatings, planting of false evidence, stealing and dealing narcotics, perjury, and covering up the evidence of these unlawful activities. Twelve of the 24 officers were suspended, seven were forced into resignation or retirement, and five were fired. 106 prior criminal convictions were overturned because of the probe into falsified evidence and police perjury. And because of the Rampart scandal, more than 140 civil lawsuits were brought against the city of Los Angeles, which wound up costing the city over $125 million in settlements. Holy shit. That's a lot. Right? Right? <laughs> wow. And police chief Bernard Parks was let go in 2002. And as of this year, there is still unanswered questions about the depth of the corruption from the Rampart scandal. There's still unexplained murders, unexplained rapes, unexplained crime that happened within that Rampart division that they think are connected. And they'll never probably be solved. Nope. Because wow. that just makes you trust oh, the yeah. police officers, eh? Yeah. And for the most part, I, I really believe that most people are good. So mm -hmm. Yeah, just, I do too. But a, a bad few can yeah. right? uh -huh. change your opinion pretty quick. Yep. Um, there seemed to be a deep-seated fear amongst a lot of the LAPD officers of Suge Knight. And it seemed easier to just ignore the leads that pointed to him rather than acknowledge his involvement in the murder of the notorious B.I.G. and possibly Tupac Shakur. Will we ever know the truth about who was behind the murders? I'm doubtful. 
I truly believe that like Suge Knight orchestrated both of those murders. We know this already. Mm -hmm. I've said it many times. (laughs) Yep. He had things to gain from both deaths though. He had the rights to Tupac's music and his posthumous album that was released was just money in Knight's pocket and taking out Biggie that just reiterated death row records was not to be messed with. Suge Knight and death row records simultaneously filed for bankruptcy in 2006 and the company was auctioned off to an entertainment development company. As we speak, Knight is currently incarcerated in San Diego after pleading no contest to involuntary manslaughter after crashing his car into two men, killing one of them, and severely injuring the other after an argument on the Straight Outta Compton movie set. Which, great movie. Ooh, Watch it. Wow. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. I think I have watched it, but I'm really bad for doing other things as I watch movies, so <laughs> I don't Watch it again. Watch okay. it again. It's on Especially my- now, because you'll I be know. like, ooh. I know that guy. I was thinking about it earlier. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch that again. So definitely. It, it was, it was very well done, but Suge Knight didn't, didn't like how he was portrayed in it. Apparently. apparently and, yeah. Which I, <laughs> I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, got himself into a little bit of trouble because of it, which was good. But, mm-hmm. um, he had suffered some health issues such as blood clots. And there was talk that he had a brain tumor. But I think he was really just trying to get sympathy from the court and delay his court proceedings because every medical test he had to, he could delay appearances and things. So Mm -hmm. don't think he actually has a brain tumor. I think he's just playing that card. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was sentenced to 28 years in prison. So that's the end of my story. Good. I'm glad he's in prison. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Finally. Yeah. Like in the back of our, the labyrinth book there's like a, a timeline and it's like oh god it's crazy suge knight was arrested for this suge knight had a court that for this suge knight was arrested for this but he always got off until now like 28 years in jail like you're staying there yeah you deserve so. it um i used obviously labyrinth by randall sullivan uh for references wikipedia history.com the undefeated.com biography.com and the timetoast.com very good mm-hmm. time toast is a kind of cool website because it gives I'm- you like a timeline of like people's lives. That's pretty cool. I've never heard of it until I used it for, I used it for both Tupac and Biggie. And it's just like, has really good pictures of them. And it's like, he was born. And it shows like this cute little picture of baby Biggie. And you're like, Oh, Oh, that's adorable. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I think I'm on the same page as you with who did it <laughs> yeah for sure i know there's and i mean other... everybody everybody is innocent until they're proven in a court of law absolutely spots putting that out there i don't want to don't sue me suge knight please don't sue mm-hmm. me i don't have any money <laughs> yeah exactly i can give exactly. nothing to you <laughs> it won't be worth it but uh i would agree with that especially just thinking about how strange the vegas trip was how it all laid out it just seems so suspicious it bugs me so much yeah it's like there were so many things that happened to get him in that car at that time and then exactly you turned your car around and went the opposite direction yeah totally come on it yeah it all seems weird all of the no we can't stick around we have to go we have to leave 
but not actually having a destination or a place to be, but we have to leave. We can't stick we around. Have now. We, we have, have to go, go now. And things like um, they couldn't carry their guns because they didn't have permits. Well, he had a place in Vegas. He should have known that. Exactly. Permits. So why wasn't that done? And you fire the other bodyguard. Exactly. Right before right, the trip. So the only one of them. Like exactly. there's just too many things that happened that make me believe that he was involved. Yeah, I think so too. And then I think with the Biggie murder, it's to show like, no, that was retaliation right. for Tupac. So I wasn't behind Tupac. <laughs> like, exactly. you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm, so. My hands are clean. I did not kill my friend. Whatever. Exactly. I'm on his side. But I'm yeah. still collecting dollar bills because he's dead. Exactly. He was worth more to him dead than he was alive because he was going to leave. So. Absolutely. And his yeah. celebrity was huge. Like, mm-hmm. Everybody, even people that don't listen to rap, pretty much know who Tupac was. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? So, I don't know. And then Biggie's death was so much the same. Mm -hmm. It was way too much the same for it to be not him, you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it's so sad that Biggie went to the West Coast to show, like, it's okay. We're going to settle this. I know. know, If this is going to be okay, I should be able to go there and do this thing and show that it's all fine. And he gets shot. And it's like, yeah, that's really too bad. Yeah. There's this, like, heartbreaking scene in Unsolved. I don't know if you've watched that part yet. I got that. But it's it's Biggie talking to his mom. Hmm. And he's like, I'm going to LA. And she's like, don't go. Like, I don't want you to go. Something's going to happen to you. Oh. And I'm like... Oh, yeah. Listen like to your mama, mom. don't go. His mom was such a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she worked hard for him. Yeah, it's really too bad. Yeah, and so different from, like, Tupac's upbringing. Like, mm-hmm. Tupac's mama's smoking oh. crack and, yeah. you know, like. Exactly. <laughs> and she's working two jobs to provide for, for her and Biggie. And mm-hmm. she's, like, good Christian woman, I guess. Like, yeah. They're both so young, 24 and I know, 25. Yeah. Yeah. It's I know. Too bad. Which makes like, it makes it kind of funny that they're talking like how their, their songs were like reflecting how they were feeling and they were fighting that way. And I'm like real mature, but really, yeah. 20 year old guys aren't mature. So that's very true. Yeah. It's very fitting. Yes. Very fitting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I didn't yeah. think of that. They just seem like they should be older, but they really weren't. They weren't. They didn't I guess, even get a chance. Yeah. I guess just because, you know, the situations they were in were so yeah. serious because they're grown up. guns and violence and drugs and death. So it's like, that shouldn't yeah. be for young people. <laughs> it shouldn't be for anybody, but it no, is what it, it is. But in your early 20s, being mm-hmm. in drive-by shootings. Exactly. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Nobody should be. But no, Right. Yeah. It just seems crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so we have one more episode on this, but it'll be our book club episode, and we'll dive into the details of the book and kind of rip it apart a little bit, mm-hmm. which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. The good, the bad, the ugly. All of that. At least it's not all ugly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've had yeah. one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, wasn't like that, so that that's good. Um, but yeah, hopefully somebody else can, I don't know, give their thoughts on the book. If anybody has read Labyrinth, that would be really interesting to hear. Start now. You've got, you got a couple weeks. Yeah. Cause we're going to do one more spooky episode right before Halloween. 
And then after that, we're going to do our book club episode. So you got a couple of weeks. You can do it. Yeah. Get to yeah. it. And our spooky episode was so fun. Oh yeah. I loved it. And we got good I responses too, <laughs> especially yeah. to your video. Because <laughs> it's terrifying. It's awful. Terrifying. It's like, okay, I have no explanation. That That's a ghost. That's yeah. an orb. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And it stayed there till I asked it to leave and then it disappeared. And then it just so happened when you said, please leave, it was like, okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> I go now. Nice to see you. Yeah. Just checking in, but I'll go. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so creepy. So Ugh. creepy. Yeah. So fun. Mm-hmm. So you want some fluff and stuff? Yeah. Fluff and stuff. I mean, I, I feel like this episode was fairly fluffy anyways, even though we did talk about murder and, you know, police yes. and stuff, but it's quite as heavy talk- as some other topics we've had. We've talked about worse for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so it's simple. Hmm. What are you dressing up for for Halloween? I don't know. <laughs> uh, come on, really? Yes. I'm so bad every year. I'm like a very last minute. Like I start thinking about it six months in advance, but I never can decide. I just have, I have so many. It's amazing. And she painted her face one year just to look like the cover from the Silence of the Lambs movie. Okay. But this is, and it was amazing. This is my problem though, because those are the things. Those are the things that I like to do. I love the crazy face paint and stuff. Well, I was Chucky one year and then I ended up in the emergency room because I reacted to the spirit gum and uh i looked like the guy from the goonies that wasn't that was not fun my husband has not let me forget about that so i can't do anything with spirit gum but i want to do creepy things because i love creepy things but then i go to parties with my friends and they're all like what is wrong with you you sexy nurse sarah come on so you want to be a sexy kitten oh oh yeah Oh, be the sexy kitten. (laughs) So my idea is this year. Well, I thought about being a Manson girl because I feel like I could do that really well. Oh, so easy. Because like my hair is crazy long and like I just leave it natural, part down the middle, be a little bit hippie. Like I could do that pretty easy. I think that'd be cool. But you could also go as a Ted Bundy victim with that. I know. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) A little bit more hippie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I have have a peace sign you could borrow hanging right here. Perfect. It's a peace sign necklace. There you go. There you go. <laughs> None of my friends would get it. When I explain yeah. it, they'd all be like, what is wrong with you? Well, so and it's not that... like you can get Wiley to dress up as Charlie. I know. He's just that would too not work. tall and his hair is too short. <laughs> yeah, it just I thought work. about this. <laughs> but wouldn't that be perfect? Um, right. And then my other thought was I wanted to do like um, an eight-legged freaks kind of moment. Ooh. <laughs> I love that movie. And I was thinking about some like real creepy like spider paintings mm-hmm. on my face, my hair, and probably just spiders all over me, honestly. I thought that would be really fun. I would not be okay with that. I I feel like I could do it though. I love the face paint and the crazy makeup mm-hmm. kind of shit. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what mm-hmm. I'm leaning towards. But again, I'm gonna creep some people out and they're gonna start to question my insanity, honestly. It's fine. Halloween is on a Saturday this year. I it know. is a full moon. Mm. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. My kids and I are doing like Halloween stuff all day. Love I'm it. making Halloween themed food. I'm like, we're carving pumpkins the Friday night before Halloween. Like, it's happening. We're watching spooky movies. Like, 
sorry. As, <laughs> as spooky as you can get for a three and a right. five-year-old. If anybody just heard me like gag or make a weird noise, it's because I thought about carving pumpkins and I can't do Ugh. pumpkins. <laughs> I only do because my husband scoops up the guts. Yeah. It's so funny. do it. <laughs> because Michelle and I can deal with some shit. Like literally. Like, like really gross like, shit. The grossest really gross. things you can think of from animals. It's fine. Totally, totally fine. fine. You can eat my lunch and watch an abscess drain from a cow. Like just Obviously liters mm-hmm. of pus, pus <laughs> and blood. And it's just like, this is the best. Mm-hmm. But then a pumpkin, that's what gets me. And I think... I think it's because it's cold. Yeah. And squishy. Like yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like know. it. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways. The only reason I'm doing it is because I have tiny humans and they For love the it. littles. Of course. Of course. The things you do for the tiny people. But until I had kids, I had a plastic pumpkin that I plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> I carved a pumpkin for the first time last year in a very long time, and I carved it of Biggie, my cat. Yeah, Actually, I'll share that. Really on, good job. I will share it on Instagram because it took me a long time and it was a lot for me because that was a lot of time to spend smelling a pumpkin. I hated that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's under the nose. You could just do it like we do when uh, we're you know doing postmortems and yeah. you know, dissections and stuff. That's that's a great idea. Yep. <laughs> but anyways, what are you dressing up for? Um, well, I kind of hinted towards it last week because I got that sweet little witch hat. But oh, yeah. Witch. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be cute. And I'm going to make my own broom. I got to get on that. But because my daughter told me that I have to have a broom. Oh, yes. So. Of course. That's excellent. Which apparently the broom had something to do with fertility rituals. Like really? Way back in pagan times because I looked stuff. I was like, why don't they have brooms? And like the riding on brooms is actually more of like a sexual innuendo than anything oh damn yeah yeah did not know okay i guess i'll do that yeah Um, but yes i'm going as a witch i will be a witch with a batman and an elsa by my side very nice very nice we will we'll share some pictures on our social medias yeah it'll be fun and maybe some past costumes too Yes, because your Silence of the Lamb picture, like I like it. It looks good as needs a. To, <laughs> it looks it good needs as a to picture. Be shown to the world. Thanks, <laughs> I really liked it, but yeah, it's a lot to explain to people that aren't into horror movies. It's like, ugh, why don't you just get it? Just know just what I it. am. Like, just come on, it. can't you see? It's a, it's a moth. It's a come moth. On. <laughs> the Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter. Come on, people, get with it. <laughs> Anyways. But Sounds of the Lambs is on Netflix now, so I'm so excited. <laughs> Maybe I watch yeah. it tonight. Yeah. I love it. I do too. It's one of, one I also of the best. That it was kind of. Um, I just recently learned that the plot for it was kind of based on Ted Bundy's conversations with oh. detectives after after he was incarcerated. Super cool. Yeah. Didn't know that. Ted Bundy wasn't eating people, but he was pretty fucking gross. So yeah, I do some uh, fucked up shit, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Anyways, make sure to answer our question as well. What are you guys going for as Halloween? As, whoa, words. <laughs> what are you going for for Halloween? Yes, dressing up as whatever I'm trying to say. Yes. Um. And let us know what you think about the episode. And definitely let us know if you've read the book. We want to know your feedback. 
um, you can email us at murderedmerlot at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at Murder Merlot Podcast and Facebook at Murder Merlot Podcast and Twitter at Murder Merlot One. And I'm getting better at the Twitters, just saying. Yeah, <laughs> you are. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere else you can find podcasts. We would love if you subscribed. And if you don't, you're dead to me. Yeah. And we finally have our next book announcement. Yeah, and I'm excited. Yeah, I finally made a decision. So I'm going to do Mindhunter inside the FBI's Elite Serial Crime Unit by John Douglas and Mark (laughs) Allshaker. What was that? (laughs) Um, So yeah, very excited about this. It's going to be a good one. I decided for our case episodes, I'm going to choose two of the serial killers that they talk about ones that we probably wouldn't do a full book on. I'm going to just focus on those cases and tell you the stories of those. Mm -hmm. We'll do our book club episode on it, of course. I just started the book like yesterday and the very beginning is like 20 years later. Like they wrote this book like 20 years ago. So they Mm -hmm. start talking about um, the Green River Killer and I'm like, oh, I know that one. So I was like super excited because we've already, we've already covered that one. So that's exciting. I know. Every time it's like they talk about a new serial killer, it's like, oh, I know about that one. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. (laughs) I know that one. (laughs) Yeah. So there's some really interesting ones in there, and I can't wait to finish it. It's really good so far. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Mm Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, remember to drink wine. Because it's not good to keep things bottled up. Bye. Bye. Bye.